Last week, 31 people were rescued following a human trafficking investigation in London. RCMP say uh, two suspects were arrested. They face numerous human trafficking uh, charges. According to police, evidence revealed the suspects were advertising internationally for laborers to come work in this country. Then upon arrival, they were placed at a local business or businesses across southwestern Ontario. It's alleged their travel documents were taken from them. They were paid substandard wages and their living conditions bordered on inhumane. The arrests made last week were part of a joint investigation that also included London Police and the Canada Border Services Agency. Uh, to talk about this, we're joined by former London Police Chief Murray Faulkner, who joins us in studio. Uh, Chief, I appreciate the time today. Morning, sir. So human trafficking isn't top of mind for a lot of people, but how common can it be in a city like London? Well, um, it is, you know, what people call modern-day slavery. I think, what, slavery was banned in Canada in 1834, somewhere around there. Uh, London Police Service has a designated unit that that looks at human trafficking. Several officers uh, form the unit. And I know that in policing, predominantly when we talk about human trafficking, we're looking at uh, females, young girls, and children usually, uh, some involved in the sex trade and some not. So this is uh, rather unusual in the sense that I think most of the 31 uh, victims are males. That being said, it's not surprising because many of the individuals that are trafficked are involved in agriculture, in restaurants, uh, nail salons, uh, those types of businesses. Predominantly, um, they they are housed in large uh, metropolitan areas. I was looking at some statistics that indicated that uh, close to 90% of the human trafficking charges in Canada over a 10-year period uh, happened in large uh, urban areas. So uh, not surprising. Uh, this dates back, I think, to 2017 to 2022. And so um, uh, there's lots of issues dealing with this type of charge. And even though the charges are laid the real hard work is yet to to happen, and that's in the court. You mentioned this dates back to 2017, which kind of like, obviously police would, they, they start to investigate when they found out, but if it dates back a couple of years, it kind of speaks to how this can fly under the radar and it might be hard to spot sometimes. Well, well, well it is very hard to spot in the sense that, you know, we're a multicultural society, and so predominantly uh, individuals uh, that are brought in that are trafficked are not, necessarily Canadians. They might enter Canada legally or illegally. One of the other interesting facts is that the province with the highest human trafficking charges over a 10-year period was Nova Scotia. So many of them are entering uh, through our ports that way. Uh, But the problem is that uh, they come here under the guise of work, and there's lots of work to be had, especially in agriculture. Uh, And when they get here, they live in really inhumane conditions, the traffickers usually take away any travel documents. Uh, they uh, they then uh, are working, and then it takes probably several years for them to get up the courage to start to complain about uh, wages. Uh, they send money back home, uh, condition of of work itself, and and then you know after the charges are laid, and I'm saying the real work begins. You have to have these individuals stay around for the courts. They they have to be able to testify and give evidence. 
So here you have individuals who are taken out of their employment, who are getting some kind of money. Now that employment's gone. How do they live? How do they keep an existence? How do the police keep track of them so that when they come, when it comes time for a trial, and the interesting is about trials of human trafficking, they take twice as long, on average, like 386 days to complete, whereas a normal sex trade or a serious criminal is half that, half that. And then looking at the statistics, because it's so difficult, and usually language is a problem, uh, you have to bring in court interpreters, um, it they don't have a high success rate of prosecution. I think it's under 10%. Uh, those that are found guilty, over 90% uh, get jail sentence. But it, it this is a tough case to prove just for the mere fact that you're dealing with individuals that may or may not show up for court. Barring something that would be, you know, just so large in scope, oh. uh, you know, like, like June 6th, that would be like a lot, that would be very complex. But mm-hmm. that's a completely different situation. Different. Would this, how complex of a situation, of an investigation or a case would this be, you know, in, not in a day-to-day, but in terms of what police would be dealing with? It sounds like it's extremely complex. It's complex. And it, you know, of all the criminal cases that uh, police are involved in, this counts for 0.01% of any investigation. Um, so it's not, it's not that common. And usually when it does happen, you're dealing with uh, a huge number of victims. I don't know the specifics of this case, but, but I would say that the individuals they have charged here probably are not the what we would call kingpins or the yeah. head organizers of it. Uh, they're mid, mid-level uh, and usually there is some connection to human trafficking to organized crime. Uh, there, there always is a component of organized crime involved in this. Do you think the businesses where these people worked knew? Um, you know, I, I've listened to uh, 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 an RCMP officer who was in part of the investigation, and, and this officer said that they were not going to be naming the businesses because uh, the businesses didn't know whether that's true or not. I I have some suspicion that if you're hiring an individual uh, that's not a Canadian uh, and paying them maybe below standard wages, that might be a red flag. Uh, then again, um, I'll I'll take the word of the RCMP that the businesses didn't know. Uh, but but listen, you see help wanted signs all over the place, yeah. and if if. If born Canadians aren't willing to do it, and and we live in this world of uh, people migrating everywhere, um, this type of uh, criminal activity is is bound to happen. And that's why London Police, along with many other major services, have a human human trafficking unit. This might be hard to answer, but based on where we are with, you know, labor and it's hard to find, could we see more of these cases? Well, I'm sure there's there's more cases out there right now. The problem is you have to have someone come forward. So, A, there's the language barrier. B, in some cases, the ones that come forward sometimes get deported back to their own country if they're illegally here. So then, so there's a whole raft of, of problems with this investigation. It's not just, uh, you know, someone's assaulted and, or sexually assaulted and they come forward and, and you go forward. It, there's a lot of issues to deal with human trafficking cases. It's really interesting. Chief, appreciate the time. Have a good day. That's uh, Murray Faulkner, former police chief for the City of London.